Hello and welcome to D2C Podcast. I'm Eric Dick. Today we're joined by Vivian McCormick, co-founder of Willit, formerly Flax Home. We'll discuss how to turn an unwelcome rebrand into an opportunity to address a broader audience. We'll even go through some of Vivian's branding documents on YouTube if you want to join us there so you can actually we can actually talk about how this new brand came together and what it means. We talk about the power of showrooms and pop-up stores to enhance a D2C brand's customer journey, as well as amplifying your messaging through influencers' community engagement and the power of organic content. Don't miss out on this opportunity filled with tips and inspiration for building a legacy brand that resonates with its audience. On with the show. so much to do if you've ever looked at a rebrand it's immense the hardest thing we've gone with a word that is not a pre-existing word and the scariest part about that is not being able to attribute an easy let's say story to it it's not the definition of sleep in another language picking the word in a vacuum frankly is really hard and we didn't see the visual yet you actually pick the word first then a few weeks later you see the visual identity and there were some tears shed when we saw the visual identity because it was almost like relief like this word matches this visual and now it's like a fully formed thing like this is it are you a shopify brand owner looking to win keep and grow your customers everyone knows apps are fast becoming the best way to increase retention and boost sales a sleek and engaging app normally means two things, time and money. But AppTile have changed the game. Their seamless no-code editor enables beautiful, personalized journeys for every customer. And with their free plan, nothing is stopping you from getting started. You'll pay as you grow, not as you go. So whether you're just starting out or a Shopify superstar, head over to apptile.com today and start designing your dream app. Vivian, welcome to the D2C podcast. I'm really excited to get into the nitty gritty of a the rebrand that you're currently executing across your your your, your five year brand. But just start us off. Tell us a little bit more about Flax Home and uh, how you got to where you are. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I love talking about this as and all of the ups and downs. So uh, Flax launched in 2018. Actually, it's Flax Sleep because bedding has always been our like bedrock um, product. And um, as we grew in 2020, um, you know, we saw a huge amount of growth uh, in relation to the pandemic, uh, kind of the opposite of unfortunately what a lot of brands I think saw. But we always knew we were going to go from Flax Sleep to Flax Home. We always knew we were going to grow out into other rooms of the home. We focused on linen bedding to start with. We started making other linen products for the bathroom, for the dining room, for the kitchen. And so, yeah, throughout all that growth, we, we've we really focused on one singular fabric. Um, and now getting into this rebrand time, actually, we have a lot of opportunity open for us now to take a look at other things. And, and you know, I can get into a little bit more about that renewed focus on what what's going to drive some of that product um, expansion in the future, but yeah, it, it is, it's been a, it's been a journey because linen comes from flax. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. So quick, quick thing is we, we literally named the company the day we sat down and had a drink 
and talked about starting one. So we're like, yep, I think we're going to do this. Oh, and by the way, we already know what it's going to be called. Like it, it wasn't, it was so natural. It was so easy. Yeah. Um, so yes, exactly. And not everybody knows that. And frankly, I didn't know that. <laughs> I yeah. I never Almost as easy as linens setting. and things, linens yeah, and things. Totally. That's like the, the gold right. standard for like totally. just lazy naming. Well, <laughs> and then, but then, then we also ran into the problem, which is like semantics, but it was like, we do linen, but everybody refers to linens. And so that yeah, was actually true. also a problem. So yeah, mm. like there have been times over this five-year journey where we have said to ourselves, is this going to, is this going to limit us? Like, are we going to have a hard time here? We're really fighting some of these like certain uses of the words. Um, mm. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, like we're very attached to our name, um, but it doesn't define us completely. Like there's so much more we can do now. I bet if you look at the Google trends for linen, I bet it's like a consistently like mounting, like there's just more and more interest in natural fibers and things like that, right? Totally. I think people are generally more interested in what their stuff is made of nowadays, right? And linen is like centuries old as far as being used for home goods. It's just, I think, in maybe the last five to seven maybe 10 that you're seeing more of a lean into this in North America. It's got some wonderful properties and frankly, like it should be used as bedding and other household items all the time. It just comes with a different, like it's made differently and you know, it, it is a bit more of an investment. So I think there has been a shift in what people want to bring into their home and whether they're willing to make that investment. That's why you're seeing it more now. Men's clothing too. It's everywhere. I don't. I don't know if, if the new brand yeah. allows you to get linen into shirts. apparel, but there's linen shirts are everywhere for the summer. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think you know, the fact is that we are a rest company. That is what we do, and so we want to help people get the rest that they cannot get, and we want them to do it in a way that doesn't require like all of this tech and all of these, you know, like a cooling mattress. And what about the thing between the mattress and you, right? What about that? And it could be simpler. And so we want people to do that. And that also allows for product expansion that is really focused on how do people rest? Is it apparel? Okay, well, does it have to be linen? Maybe not. Maybe it's something else because you might sleep better in a different fiber as opposed to what you're resting on, like the, the bedding part of it. So yeah, the possibilities are so wide now. It's great. I'm curious, you know, you mentioned in um, the pre-interview and just now about the huge growth surge and with the homewares trend you experienced over the hem- pandemic of people nesting and yeah. trying to invest in, in the space they had to spend all their time in. I'm curious, what have been the biggest adjustments you've had to make on the other side of that for like the investment that you made for that growth and having the growth fall off? Like what's been the ch- most challenging part of readjusting to the new, 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 new normal? Well, it's so funny. Yeah. The unprecedented times that are never going to be precedent again. Um, the interesting thing is like, you're like so many other brands, you're just making decisions in a vacuum, right? Like you're making decisions with incomplete information. And so we did what a lot of other brands did, which was try to figure out how to fuel all this growth. And everybody is in one way, shape or form doing some right sizing now, you know? And so for us, it's more about like, we've, we've never really grown the team to an exponential rate because frankly, it's, it's important not to bring a ton of people on and then have to say bye to all of them. Like, that's not how we operate. We, we, one of our values is, is simply care and we care for the customer. We care for our community. We care for our people that we have here. And so we just didn't want to do it that way. But even then, like you've got to make choices when things start to right size, you have to make some choices to figure out 
what's going on. And then the D2C landscape also makes choices for you, right? Like, what are you going to do with marketing now if if the ads that you're putting out there are not being seen by nearly as many people as they were in 2020? There's so much to think about. Um, and I just feel like we're kind of all on quicksand a little bit right now and just trying to figure out how to found our footing. And then on top of this, you get some troll out there coming for your brand. Can <laughs> totally. Talk, talk to yeah, me about cool. that email cool, and cool, what, cool. What, just what you need. Talk to me about how that came about and uh, yeah, let's go from there. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because we did put, you know, protections in place when we first started the business. We looked up, you know, whether or not there was anybody out there and we did it primarily in Canada first because that's where we are. And we just figured, honestly, if I'm really, really transparent about it, when we first started the business, three first time entrepreneurs females coming from completely different industries. Like we were just trying not to fail. So the Canadian growth we saw was incredible. And then we decided, you know, there are other markets that we can go into primarily the U S. And so we did what we could again at the time with the information we had. And when we went into the U S yeah, we were like, Oh, ads are really hard here. They're really expensive to actually get any, any traction, but you know, who will find you somebody who happens to know that, you know, you have the word flax in your name. So one of those things you, you kind of can't like you, you're happy you're found, right. I guess good problem to have as we're saying, but also it's a big headache and it's a big, it's a big change to your business that you're not necessarily ready for, but there's a lot of those. Who owns flax in the U.S.? You don't have to get into it if, if you don't want yeah, to. Yeah. Like who who owns flax? Well, I mean, technically, like a lot of people use the word flax in their branding, in their descriptions of their products. It's a generic term, right? It's the same as cotton. Mm-hmm. But somebody did happen to be able to get a trademark decades ago when it was not perhaps, you know, again, like we said, linen is just becoming a bit more mainstream. And so there mm-hmm. probably wasn't much fight out there. And, you know, you also don't know who was necessarily looking at the trademark when they decided to say, yeah, you can have a trademark over that word. So it happens to be a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a trademark company. It's not even actually a brand and they license it to someone else. Oh, so man. it's just one of those, 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 um, snowball effects where like no matter what you you're gonna get stuck in this right it's just a a mess so you get this email is that do you quickly make that decision okay we like did you fight it at all or were you just sort of like nope we got to do this and and talk about that decision process no we we did fight it um we did fight it because we have brand equity built up Mm -hmm. we also have a strong position as far as we don't think that we didn't think we, like we could, we could coexist was actually our first mm-hmm. position. And then like a lot of things, your business decisions are different than the, than what you perhaps if you were only to stand on principle want to do, right? We're not a huge brand. We have so many growth plans and we want to keep going. And so we just had to make a call at a certain point to say, you know what, maybe this isn't actually so bad. Maybe we can make something out of this that makes us stronger. The things that bothered us in the last five years about whether we were limiting ourselves with the name and um, let's take those away ourselves. Let's get rid of them. And so it's actually turning out to be a pretty, pretty great thing. 
So, okay, so you've made the decision to embrace change and the and how it opens up a whole world for you. What's your next process? Like, did you have an agency in mind? Did you have ideas in your head? It, like, how, how did you take it from there? So we're so fortunate. We have an un- unbelievable community of entrepreneurs and creatives. And so there are actually a few design agencies in our orbit and um, run by amazing people. And so we did choose one and have worked with them that we've actually worked with them before on other pieces of our flax home brand. And so they were really familiar with us. They understand us. They understand how we work already. So it was very seamless to actually get going with them. And it's, it's wild. You, the, the, the concepting, the things you go through to think through, like, what is this business? You know, they, they really took us through it. You have to do that branding exercise to really figure out what's next. And so, um, First thing first was to come up with like all of our yes words, our no words. What do we want the brand to look like? What do we not want it to look like? The nots were actually the more important ones, right? Like, please don't give us anything that looks like X. And so next step was a number of names, just, and probably more than they ever hoped to have to give us because we just kept saying like, yeah, maybe, I don't know, that doesn't jump. Like, you know, or the other piece of it is there are three of us co-founders and we are an extremely collaborative, but having three people have to think of a name or to agree on a name is really hard. And not only that, the the hardest part about it really was that we would think we settled on something. We would sit with it. We would change the name of our chat message, you know, or our iMessage group to like use it so I could see it all the time. And one of us would love it. One of us would be medium. One of us would be like, oh, absolutely not. And then it would just change. It just keep changing. So over the course of a weekend, you know, and so whenever you think you've got it, then something would sort of some, and, and we're very honest with each other. So that was the other thing is nobody was just going to not say anything and sit with a name that they weren't super happy with. So I think the best thing we did was to just be very open to each other about understanding that we're not always going to be happy about what the other people think about certain things and to keep trying if we really have to. We had to work within budget. We have to work within very quick time constraints that we set for ourselves because once we decide we want to do something, we're usually pretty relentless about it. So, you know, we had parameters, but within those parameters, we had to try to respect each other enough and trust each other enough to know we'll get there even if it's not the quickest even if, and I think the other problem is that the first name we ever picked was immediate it was like this is what our name is going to be it's flat sleep done no problem now five years in there's so much more nuance right naming something that didn't exist at all is not that hard naming something that has so much behind it now that's the problem and with this vision for what you want it to become, like that's that whole totally. other unknown piece, right? Right, um, right. And and is it going to fly? Who's going to? And the hardest thing, you know, we we've, we've gone with a word that is not a pre-existing word, and the scariest part about that is not being able to attribute an easy, let's say, story to it. It's not the definition of sleep in another language. It's not, so it is, we had to, we have to, if we knew we had to make it something of our own, picking the word in a vacuum, frankly, is really hard. And we didn't see the visual yet. It, like you, you actually pick the word first and then a few weeks later you see the visual identity. And like there were some tears shed when we saw the visual identity because it was almost like relief. Like, this word matches this visual and now it's like a fully formed 
you know, not a human. It's a fully formed thing. Like this is it. This together is it. By itself as a word wasn't it. And, you know, without the without the word going into the visual, it wouldn't have helped either. Right. This is a first on the podcast here, but because you actually haven't rebranded publicly yet, but we're going to be launching this right. podcast when you do. So yep. we'd actually like, don't, don't leave the audience in suspense. We want to know, we want to <laughs> see this brand, discuss kind yeah. of your thought process with it. I think you, you, you said something earlier, you said semantic. And I think that's really yeah. such an interesting, I'm trying to understand like the semantic meanings behind things. I think AI is doing some really interesting things there. And it makes me, totally. th- your brand is, it has like a semantic meaning, even if it doesn't have a literal meaning potentially. We can discuss that. Yeah. 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 Do I want to show it to you? Yeah. Let's see it. Screen share. And so if you're listening to this, we'll describe it, but you can also hit us up on YouTube where you should subscribe there on YouTube as well. So for, for the, for the hot drops of new brands, right? That's right. Okay. That's let's right. See if this works. Yeah. Okay. Eric, can you see it? I can. Looks great. Will it. All right. Welcome to will it. So, you know, as I mentioned, not a word, um, Actually, one of our co-founders knows somebody with a last name spelt differently, but pronounced this way. So that, you know, there's all these like preconceived things that come to you when you're, when you're looking at these, these different words. Um, so the brand, the name, everything for us is meant to evoke the idea of making room for rest and the fact that it actually looks different for everybody. So, you know, there's so much these days about getting more rest. Okay, but how, you know, and what if you're not the person who necessarily has all the time in the world for all the wellness things? What if you're just trying to eke out like a nap between, you know, running from work to the next thing or childcare and da, 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 all those things. So we just wanted to make it something that people can identify with as far as we want to be the brand that people think of when they want to get rest. So there's will it. Yeah. So let's, let's just start. So that you've got, is this a custom font? It is. is I've never seen a serif like that on the W. Isn't it's it really beautiful? neat. It is yeah, beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. very, yes. It has that whimsical element in uh, you know. Yeah. Um, I am probably one of the least capable people of explaining all of this to you, but the things that I know and the things that I remember from the presentation, again, when we were getting very teary eyed when we first saw this, it's kind of a blend. It's a little bit of a blend of serif, sans serif. Um, the W is actually very intentionally slanted, which is again, that idea of being able to slow down for me, actually the, the really the length of the L, the width of the L does that for me as well. So our branding agency just knocked it out of the park as far as hearing us and seeing us and being able to bring us something that, um, you know, if you meet the, the three of us co-founders, we're not super serious people. We don't take ourselves really seriously. We care. We care a lot. And we and we are very intentional about everything we do, but we, we didn't need it to be extremely serious. We still want, we want to be like your confident at a party you know we want the per- we want to be the people that that say to you oh so the best thing that you need to get for x is this trusted right and so that's that for us i see that now in our brand and just being able to be a little bit fancier but also still really um approachable the length of the l is very cool it does feel relaxed it also just yeah. makes it like makes we would never with that l like that you'd never think why lit you'd never have that it, it right. sort of like extends oh, the l right. i think too that yeah. makes it like it really makes it look yeah that that's that's one thing i'd noticed such a whimsical yeah. 
And then it's also like, it, it, it's anything that ends in et, I think has this semantic, it has like a bit of a feminine association a little bit, but it's, it's definitely not an overly, especially with the blue, it's not, it's, it's a pretty neutral, very neutral, gender neutral kind of presentation yeah. as well. Is there any, what are your thoughts around that? I think for me, it feels very strong yet calm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. there's ways to evoke strength and some of them are pretty aggressive and some of them can be a bit quieter. And I think that does also embody us a little bit. Like we have the ability to present strength, but we don't really want to do it in a way that is aggressive or, you know, too much for people. Right. And so that definitely the blue, I think the blue does that. And I'm actually going to flip to, um, it's very close to the D to C blue. I have to say it's, it's definitely a little, I know it's cooler than the D to C blue for sure. But I, but I love, I love, we've got another blue one in the family. We won't sue you. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, I can't, I can't, did we trademark this? Um, but you know, it's actually funny because if you take a look at, there's this middle blue here that Mm -hmm. was actually, um, one of the first colors. It's funny because we were presented with a few different, um, identities and, between all of those things, we were able to pull out what we loved and then work with this blue. And so we actually have the secondary blue as well because it complements so nicely. But yeah, we wanted to go with something that was both bold and yet has this calming element to it. And they're also quite simple. Like the palette is very simple. So... But not bland, you know, not like, uh, you know what I mean? And I think, like, I don't think Flax Home was a bland brand or is a bland brand, but it's, this is more, this this is brighter, I feel like, than, than. Yeah, it's, it is. You know what it is? I have to say, if I, if I could really put a point on it, I think that a lot of this has made us just take a step back for a second and you know, in a way, like we're coming back out swinging, you know, we, we, things, things have knocked us down over the last number of years, like everybody else. And this is our way of saying, we're still here and we're going to actually take this and run with it. And here's some, here's a little bit of bold for you, because we want to show you that we're, we're, we're here to stay. And I think if you compare us to some of the competitors in our space, there's a lot of neutral. There's a lot of, it's not that bland isn't the right word, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Like it's Earth, very like earthy. Yeah. It's, it's like every, it's like anyone's kitchen. Anyone who has a nice kitchen, it's all right? just white and beiges and yeah. yeah. And our product, our product has actually, our product offering has never played within those boundaries either. So it was a really good reminder to us and to our most loyal customers and also to everyone who's coming in is that we we will offer you, you know, as you can see here, the neutrals that will play or pair beautifully in your space. But we also offer some really nice, bold, seasonal colors that if you have that propensity to want that in your house, we're here for you for that. You don't have to go, you know, that there's not, not everybody is, not everybody is, frankly. And here's some of those colors that I was talking about. You know, we've done this beautiful azure, we've done this beautiful mint, uh, terracotta, like we're not afraid of color. And so we wanted that to also play out in the new brand as well. Looks so good. I also, I think, I think words are magic yeah. and I think you've got a hidden spell in your word because it's actually saying will it. So you're willing, you're also willing it into existence. And as oh. you're sleeping, you're like willing, yep. you know, you're manifesting, you're willing, you're, it's a good, it's a good, powerful word. hundred percent. I think you're, you, you, it's so great that you noticed that because I think 
especially in the times where it's challenging and you need to dig deep that willing something to happen, you know, I, I think it's probably for me, it's preferable to manifesting something to happen. You know, I, I think there's more agency to it in yeah. a way. Right. So well, for sure. Yeah. So that's how we got there. Will is where man, man yeah, where manifestation hits the road. Right. Like <laughs> oh my God. Can, I love that. I think, I, love that. I think, Wow, geez, hey, let's clip you're just, that. Yeah, That's I was going to say you're socials. throwing down like it's Monday and you're throwing down like <laughs> some really good stuff. <laughs> Want to delight your customers so they keep coming back for more? Tidio, the highest rated customer experience software on Shopify, helps online businesses gain and retain customers with personalized shopping experiences. With Tidio, you can recommend products and offer discounts based on user behavior and order history without leaving the chat widget. Tidio also takes the pressure off your support team. The app enables you to manage all your communication channels in one dashboard and automate up to 47% of recurring questions using AI. Increase customer satisfaction and sales with personalized shopping experiences. Visit tidio.com slash DTC and get an exclusive 20% discount for D2C podcast listeners. That's tidio.com slash DTC. So June 1st is coming on like a hurricane here. Talk, talk to me a little bit about how you're rolling out this launch to your, to your users and your existing customers. Yeah, so it was really important for us not to hide from this. This is exciting for us. We just celebrated five years, and I'm really proud of that. And so as a team, we sat down and thought, how do we make sure that the people who have already been with us for this long come along for the ride, and the people who don't know us yet are, you know, find us and say, hey, this is really cool. So we could have gone one of two ways. We could have literally showed up on June 1st and just boom, brand. And all of a sudden you're wondering why you're following this Instagram account. What happened? (laughs) Where's everything gone? Um, But it was really, I think there's, there's a story to tell here that's really important, which is that this can happen. People have to read, brands have to rebrand. There's some really big, you know, legacy brands that are making tweaks even to the way that they're presented now. And so it's no surprise that, newer brands like ours will have uh, evolutions that come along. So we started in April by telling our most, well, everyone in our community about what was happening and why we needed to rebrand. And the fact that we were actually really excited, you know, yes, it's been challenging. Yes, there's been roller coasters, but we're really excited to bring you what we have now and, you know, come along for the ride with us. And the responses we got to Instagram, emails, just people hitting reply. There was no call to action. We literally just sent out a letter from our founders. And the number of people who replied to that email just to tell us, we're so excited for you. We're so sorry this happened to you. And we're here for you was overwhelming. We have the most incredible community. Yeah, so cool. People that, you know, have bought from us a month ago, people who have bought from us three years ago, we're still reaching out to say, we love you guys. And we're so excited to see what's coming next. And then over the course of the six weeks after that, we've really worked on dropping little, little Easter eggs here and there in our social so that people can kind of get a flavor of what's coming. You know, we don't really want like a bright line test uh, as far as, you know, on, on that day, everything changes. We wanted to kind of have a little bit of a gradual, um, entry to it. So it's, it's going great. I I'm, I'm so proud of our team. There's so much to do. If you've ever looked at a rebrand and, and it's immense and we definitely are doing it fast and 
There's a lot of moving pieces. The team is just killing it as far as making sure that everyone's on the same page, running at a pace that a lot of things can break, right? When you move that fast, mm-hmm. but they're, they are holding on. <laughs> they're doing really well. So having to relaunch all your social ads. Yes. Um, there will be a lot of that and having to take that risk of what happens to the brand equity you've built up. What happens to people who have never seen you before? Will they be more intrigued by this or not? I think they will. I mean, my hypothesis is that there are going to be people who see that brand and stop and want to know more about it. And when you pair that with the beautiful product photography we have that goes along with our ads, I I do really think it's going to have an impact. And that's exactly what we want. We want that elevated look. Listen, you're making an investment in yourself, in your rest. We want you to feel that from beginning to end. So the very first ad you see all the way to your, your bedding arriving at your door or your bath towels arriving at your door. What domain do you have? It's shopwillit.com. Shopwillit.com. Okay, cool. Yeah, shopwillit.com and shopwillit uh, on Instagram. Obviously, again, when you undergo a rebrand like this, you have to jump on all those things. And there's still, because we're recording ahead of June 1st, there's still the actual execution to ensure that you get all the things that you need. Instagram does not make it easy. They actually make it the hardest thing possible to try and change a handle. But um, I am confident that our team will also be able to get that done. I'm just looking at your current homepage, which honestly, Mm -hmm. uh, the idea of the flax in the bed, it feels, it it just feels itchy to me. I I don't know. There's just my, when I see it, when I see it on the landing page, I think that that doesn't make me think comfort. I just got to say, but how does, because I want to talk a little bit about what your new brand is enabling. So I want to talk like, do you have your, you had a header up on the screen share there. Is that the header that you're going to launch the the website with? And what does that say about what this new brand is? is going to do for you. I wanted to compare because this one is very linen based, very flax based, right? Yeah. Whereas this one, was- I think I really like your, I want to hear people's immediate reactions when they see what they see. Right. And so for you to think, Ooh, I don't know. Does that feel comfortable? I'm not sure. That's great feedback for us. When we look at will it and how it presents itself, I think it's so important to think about the customer and what is it that they're coming here for? What do they want? What do they need? They need that They need their home to be a sanctuary. They need a place where they can feel good about resting. And there's so many things out there these days that keep us from doing it, right? Technology, the way we try to balance work and life and everything else. And so you almost need like a real strong push towards actually getting rest, right? So the new, and, and the website will get a, will get a turn as well. Uh, it will look very different on, on launch day. It is meant to, again, have people think to themselves, I do want to prioritize rest. I want to make room for rest. I want to, um, and it's not just about like self-care is a piece of it, but it's really just like my health is dependent on my ability to rest. And so if, if I can achieve rest with this brand as, as a partner of mine, then that's what I want to do. When do you, are you planning to launch your first product that's like under the new brand that you might not have launched with the old brand? Ooh, that is a good question. Well, the the biggest one that's coming up, which we are so excited about, is actually our first foray away from 100% linen. Mm. So we're going to be coming out uh, in the back half of the year with a linen cotton blend. And that's meant to do a number of things. It is meant to allow for our existing customers 
to have something different as well to bring into their home. As I said, you know, linen's an investment. And so the blend allows for um, a lower price point to the existing customer. So further increasing our repeat purchase rate, which is already extremely healthy. And then I do also think there's an acquisition piece there. There are customers who may be not quite ready to make that jump. And, and I think what we want is we want to appeal into some younger demographic as well of people who do care. They care so deeply about some of these products that they're bringing into their home and that they're using in their daily lives, but they're also not necessarily at an income bracket that makes sense for making a linen purchase. So this blend allows for there to be some middle ground there and people to say, okay, I'm going to do that one first. And then yes, if I love this product, which you will, then you're coming back for something else down the road. Nice. Like broadening your phone. So that's a huge one. Huge. It's huge. And and you know, we touched on this in the in the pre-call too. Our move now is to increase our omnichannel presence. And so being able to do a different product, you know, when we when we started the product, you know, I would say like we naively did it on a fiber that is really hard to at a price that's really hard to go in wholesale, right? And so we're learning alongside everyone else that we've got to have product variety that allows for us to be in different channels at different times. Um, so I'm really excited about all the doors it's going to open up now. Or how are you, because you still have to tell, because you're still either 50-50 or fully a linen flax product. So how are you, ta- how yeah. are you in- integrating, because that's the worry, right? If you launch to a, a broader audience that loses the main focus on what it is, like, yeah. how are you really kind of keeping that, the linen story built into Will It? So it's an interesting question because actually we, in a way, want to get away from the product story. Like product is so important, but if you're as a consumer, what are the things that get you the most? It's actually not always the product or the technical elements of it, or even the aesthetics. It's how it's going to make you feel, right? Yes. So again, if we pull back and say, what are we? We're a rest focused brand. We are relentlessly committed to helping you rest. That means that the story when you are, whether you're new or existing customer, Just because we're offering you something different in another natural fiber blend, maybe down the road we're offering apparel, maybe down the road we're offering hard goods that are not, you know, going on your bed. Those are all opportunities to, again, help the customer achieve the thing that they're coming to us for, what we want them to come to us for, which is we want them to think of us when they think of needing some rest. Yeah, of cool, breathable sleep. Like you should not be like – like I'll rant a little bit here, but like, I think men's sleepwear is a shambles. I think like, oh, you know, yeah. you're, you're either going to sleep totally. nude, some people sleep nude or yeah. like, but a shocking amount of men sleep in the underwear they wore that day. Yeah. And you should, yeah. and, and you should not do that. Like, you should not like do that. there no. should be sleep. There should be linen sleeping shorts for everyone to be ultimately yeah. breathable, natural fabrics. Uh, I'm okay, you're our consultant. You're a consultant yeah. for the next, uh, for the next iteration. No, I, I totally agree. And it just this this pivot away from having to be a hundred percent linen, having mm-hmm. to be all about aesthetics. It's really renewed our focus, and it is what I think will help this brand continue to grow years and years down the road. And that's what we want. You know, we want a legacy brand that people think of when they think of rest. Nice. Well, I'm excited to stay in touch and hear. We'll have to do a follow up in. Yeah. Uh, towards the end of the year maybe and just see how how the new brand has gone um here's here's a question i haven't asked this one in a while but if we were to give Mm. you fifty thousand dollars just to add to your monthly marketing budget 
uh, <laughs> to launch for the rebrand specifically for yeah. the rebrand, where yeah. would you put that to see the biggest uh, impact? You know, I do really think there's the key today is amplification, right? We are being shut down on so many different levels, being able to get our message out, um, algorithms, ad efficiencies, all those things. And so I think today, if we were to put something towards amplification, I think we would be targeting, you know, the, the, the influencers in the rest space who are living that life already and want to be able to share with everybody else who's trying to find out how, how do you rest? How do you, how do you do this in a way that, that, um, gets you, gets you that, that health benefit you need. Uh, that's who I'd want to talk to is I'd want to say, who can we talk to about this? How can we spread this message in a way that, um, you know, transcends having to give all that money to Meta? In a, yeah, in a way that it creates that flywheel potentially as well, which is what you're always looking for. Yeah, and community also has always been at a, uh, the, the foundation of this business. And so I think there's obviously, I'm not reinventing the wheel here, there's so much value in that organic finding of community. Yes, you have to do it in a way that you activate a certain group of people who are able to help you unlock that piece. But that's ultimately what the best brands are doing, right? They are finding that community in a way that doesn't feel like you're selling to them. Well, it's, you're lucky to have such a high value product, I feel like, that people can instantly feel the impact in their lives. Like if they're going from sleeping on polyester sheets to sleeping on the, you know, they're going to feel that the next day yeah. and they're, they've got a high price point. So it's, you're, you're probably able to gift more than maybe other brands might in, uh, for compensation as yeah. well. Yeah, you know, it's funny for us because it, let's say you're a beauty brand and you can put out 10,000 lipsticks to all these people and there's like a little bit of amplification here and there. For us, it's a little bit different. I think we have to be a bit more intentional about who we bring in to do these things and making sure that there's going to be that impact there. So yes, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Like it is really good because I have to say, you know, we, we don't have much trouble um, reaching out to people and saying, hey, we'd love to outfit your bed. Um, and a lot of times we can do that actually without that additional spend, uh, that comes on top for, for some other brands. So yeah, it it, it can help us. I think with the right people for sure. All you got to do is outfit my bed and I'll become your influencer as well, as as well as your consultant. Okay, done. Uh, (laughs) Done. Multifaceted, multi-hyphenate. But, uh, that's, that sounds very cool. I, speaking of amplification, do you know, like, I don't know how hands are you on with the, with the ads, but amplification of influencer posts, like actually putting ad budget behind them is something that we just see. Do you guys do a lot of that? like white labeling? White labeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 We've done a little bit of whitelisting. Yeah. We've done a little bit of, uh, a little bit of that. And I, I would almost say what we had gotten to was more, you know, engaging people to create the content for us and giving us the rights to do it. We haven't gone, I don't think that full whitelisting that we're talking mm-hmm. about here where you're, you're literally running the ad through that person's account. Through their handles. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it's a good mention because I think if you are going to go that influencer route, there is that additional piece where you can not only, you can pay for that and also pay to use that, utilize that in your, in your performance. Right. Totally. So yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's very fascinating to me. And I think as budgets hopefully continue to, you know, be able to grow that that would be the next place that we would be looking into testing for sure. And the other thing I always love mentioning is that if you have content followings, we, we recently posted, uh, an ad from one of our clients on their social feed on YouTube, just on their, their, so, and it went viral. Okay. They got 500,000 free impressions. 
just for, you, quite often you'll post organic content on your ad feed and you'll you'll run ads yeah. to it. But this is yeah, the first time yeah, I've yeah. heard of us just te- like these these platforms are so overcharged sometimes when they get right. when they get the right signals they can go. It was something like it was hundreds of thousands. It was sort of it was like two. It was it was a lot. Like it was it was a huge huge That's, amount of, of traffic. So I think it's so important right now to get more and more creative. Right, everybody has to kind of stop resting on the formulas that were happening five, six, seven years ago. And so to watch people still utilizing the platforms, but doing it in a way that that is novel, that's the next step, right? That's the, that's the important thing we have to all keep doing. And I like that because it kind of puts everybody maybe on more even footing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the DSC podcast. This was a lot of fun for now. I guess actually, no, by the time this comes out, you got to go to shopwillit.com. Yes. Dot com. Uh, and grab, get on the linen lifestyle. Vivian, do you have any uh, any special discounts for D2C readers? Oh my gosh, yes. We are so happy to share with your community as well and make them part of our community. Um, so uh, we would love to offer all of your listeners and your readers on your newsletter a 15% discount on their first purchase. Um, and I'll put the link in the to the discount. Uh, we'll get that over to you, Eric, and, and make sure that everybody has it. Put it in the show notes. Throw it in the show notes uh, and as well in the write-up that we do on this when it comes out. Beautiful. Yeah, Marino right. will close linen bedding. I'm going to be in natural fibers until you come <laughs> up with your camp shirts. I need a good linen camp shirt from oh, okay. uh, Lilith. I think that's that's got to come up. So Noted. again, free consulting all day that's on the right. podcast. Thanks so much, nice. Eric. Yeah, thanks for being this. fun. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.